listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. If you enjoy 9ES, I really want you to go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and support us. Subscribe to either the $1 a month kind of tip level or the 90s deluxe level where you get an access to Garbage Time, which is a bonus episode that we record after each and every episode of 90s. On this week's Garbage Time, we talk about baseball and hockey because we're big sport boys. But on the main episode, the episode you're listening to right now, we're movie boys. We talk about Ant-Man, Quantumania, John Wick 4, and the Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves movie. Uh, we also talk about really complex mathematical numbers like Graham numbers and I want to say plunk units, something like that. Uh, we also meant to talk about a little bit about Death Proof and the Grindhouse films, League of Legends, and The Mandalorian. All this and more on 90s. This is a podcast. Behind the scenes. <laughs> I was like, I know uh, I've done pop culture things in the last two weeks. I don't know if anyone else has. I saw a Marvel movie. Hey! I mean, okay. but I saw John Wick 4 in the Dungeons of Dragons film. I feel like you saw an cool. older Marvel movie. No, I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah, it's been out for like three months. <laughs> Yeah, but nobody saw it. it. Turns out nobody saw it. Like, nobody saw it. I, no. I heard it was really bad. <clears throat> you guys would hate it. Because <sighs> even I was like, meh. This is a lot of... I, I've, I've heard... So here's my... Here's what I've heard. I've heard that, like, an ungodly amount of CG that, like, mm. by any standards is not great quality. <laughs> Like, it's like, it's not that it's necessarily bad. Like, you're like, it doesn't look low budget, but it's apparently a particularly held up against, say, something like Avatar, which, you know, say what you want about Avatar. Apparently it looks freaking mind-boggling. And Ant-Man just looks like... Did any of you guys see Avatar? No. It's the second no, one you're talking about, right? The yeah. way of What do you mean, the, those movies? There's two. Yeah, the first one was so bad and so long. <laughs> the second one is Zero more of... Zero chance watching the second one. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I think I'll probably watch it when it appears on streaming. I like, I might like watch it over the span of like two weeks. Like what I did with Zack Snyder's, like Zack, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I just watched it over the course of two weeks, and I was like, <laughs> okay, I did it. So how was how was how was it? I felt so bad because I was really pulling for, you know, good old Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is great. He's he is very good in it. He might be his best performance as Ant-Man. His best Scotland. And that's that's it. That's all that's going on for it. <clears throat> Everything else about the movie was Walt Disney's John Carter of, of Mars movie. With Taylor Kitsch. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I never I didn't watch it. It is at all. something we didn't see. Okay, wow. Um that was like a huge budget box office flop like 350 well this was not though, so ant-man ant-man quant ant-man quantumanium apparently is i mean like it's it's like underperformed as a as a 
MCU flick, but it still like doubled its cash, right? Like it was like a two hundred something million dollar budget, and it made almost five hundred million, which is a doesn't that mean that it kind of broke even? I thought they roll they like you double the budget, whatever they say for advertising. Well, it depends. I think, that I don't think this one had the same kind of advertising that like the Avengers movies did either. Yeah, it was. I think that it was kind of like snuck in. Like I think it was just like a a weird like talk show routine and stuff. Like I don't remember seeing that many commercials for it and stuff. Like hearing like on the radio or anything. I, I absolutely do not understand how those movies could cost to make so much. Like two hundred and fifty million dollars to make that movie. All right, I didn't see it, but but when I think of like the other ones, yeah, there's enormous amounts of CGs, but but or CGI, but don't they kind of have that on like a like a pipeline now? You know. And yeah. like, and apparently that's that's one of the reasons why, um, like, people are kind of noticing the decline. Is apparently a lot yeah. of the CG and stuff is like outsourced, and <laughs> it's not all like in house in shop CG stuff. Uh, not that that is necessarily going to save a bad film, but I think it'll certainly like like some. Apparently, there's did something. Disney and... not figure out a thing or two about animation. Along well, the way, I think, like... and apparently that that's the that's the reports of the like like behind the scenes is that they're gonna like just slow down the MCU machine to like just kind of raise that like visual quality and stuff and like not necessarily like pump them out like because they they were bringing out like five or six a year or whatever the heck and it's like if they just bring it down to like maybe one a quarter or even like you know like one in the one in the summer or like one spring one winter one fall i don't know whatever the heck releases how movies release when they're supposed to come out but yeah like maybe three a year maybe that's right yeah <laughs> i don't know one series one summer blockbuster one christmas movie something like that yeah maybe would, that's fine like i like comic book movies and i like uh-huh. the the mcu and this movie was just like one step too far and that's for me and wow yeah. I, I, you don't think that that happened like with Shang-Chi <laughs> or whatever like this last phase has been whatever about like everything like <clears throat> this now I liked Wakanda forever and okay. I was Fair. that was not universally loved people did not did not love that movie either it had ladies in it you see <clears throat> it did and it had some weird stuff in it um I liked Black Widow Black, Black Widow kicked it fine. all off, right? Kicked yeah. off at Phase 4, even though it was incredible. Uh, I liked Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, I don't know, 50-50 on the TV series? Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, it's, it's not been awful. It's fine. Just this so, one is so what, what is the point? What is the point? What is the point? they got to go back to the Quantum Realm, and it turns out <laughs> Kang and MODOK are there. They accidentally go back to the quantum realm. Whoops. And it turns out Kang and Modok are there. And Modok is the worst. <clears throat> well, yeah, and then it turns out that Kang is t- taken over, so they need to take all the citizens of the quantum realm mm-hmm. and fight the I good de- fight. I desperately want this to be a crossover and you to be saying Krang <laughs> in all of this. No, Kang the Conqueror. Who is played by that guy who's a giant asshole? Jonathan Majors, who might be played mm-hmm. by somebody else in the future. As oh, they, that guy! As they as they navigate through this freaking heck yeah, of a thing. It's, so you know, we were talking about the multiverse and how like mm-hmm. super easy it would be to replace an actor. Mm-hmm. In the extra credit scene, they see all of the kings of the multiverse. They're all 
all played by Jonathan Majors. <laughs> we can't see all of them. Yeah, they go through like a stadium <laughs> where they've yeah, all got infinite. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, but that's like you know what a stadium like a like a big the attendance of WrestleMania was eighty seven thousand. There are infinite multiverses. They just happen to have the eighty seven thousand that looked like Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Do you want? Do you want? Can I hijack Literally. this conversation for two two for a little aside here? Oh yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Big numbers. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. For I've it. been reading about big numbers. <laughs> okay. I'm just I'm trying to think how to best express this. So there's this number called Graham's number. Have you guys ever heard about this or read about it? I, th- I heard of Graham's so. tracker. Okay, no, so like, like, the, like Graham's number like rings a bell of some like Reddit or 4chan or something. Again, thread. is this about crackers? Because if this number turns into s'mores, no. I'm Again, excited. just just like I wanted Krang in my in my Disney movie. Uh huh. Uh, instead, you're not getting crackers in this math story. So Graham's number, okay, you, you guys know what a, um, a Planck unit is? Have you guys ever heard about a Planck unit? No. No. Okay, so, so Planck was one of the, like, the classic physicists. He did a whole bunch of really cool work, but one of the things he did was figure out, like, if you, if you were to multiply a bunch of factors together and try and make base units for the universe, what would they be? Um, and he, he like reduced the number of, of like uh, physical properties that you would need to measure, and then and he came up with all these calculations. But one of them was like the smallest unit of time. That's called a Planck unit of time, and the smallest unit of measurement is a Planck unit. And you might think that like the universe is not discrete, so there shouldn't be any kind of smallest. But it's kind of weird the math works out that way, and nobody knows what it li- lines up to. But anyway, a Planck unit is the teeny tiniest thing that there is. It's like if you were to take the uh, one and divide it by the speed of light times itself four times, that's that's about where you are for Planck units. Mm-hmm. Okay, so really really small. So back to Graham's number, if you took the entire observable universe, 43 billion light years across, and divided it into Planck unit areas, the number of digits in the decimal representation of Graham's number would not fit into that. Like, would not fit into the universe. Uh, uh, divided into spaces of, yeah. of size of Planck length, and then in each of those spaces you put one number. Yeah. And then that number is not the actual Graham's number. It's like the number of digits in the number of digits in the number of digits in Graham's number. I see. Anyway. And, and okay. okay, and the formula to write out Graham's number... What, what does this serve? Hang on, but what does this serve math? Like, I understand what? it's fun. Like, like, supposedly, does, does it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you could just say, like, what is the formula for the... Yeah, yeah. yeah, so supposedly it has something to do with graph number theory that this guy was working on. And then he came up with this little calculation that just like, oh, well, yeah, you could just do this and do this. And then it's pretty awesome. Anyway, I, I feel like I should cut this off here because it gets better, but only if you like math. So we're well, just going to Well, I feel that anyway, we're down in Planck like, units in the quantum realm to bring it back. <laughs> To the yeah. quantum realm. <laughs> I think actually quantum is still vastly larger than Planck units. I might be wrong about that, but I'm I'm pretty sure. Maybe. But I'm just yeah. saying but like so like when but like when Ant Man gets little in the quantum realm, maybe he's heading yeah. into like Planck Town. I mean maybe. Because like, he gets so small that he's like a man territory. in the quantum realm and then he can get um, that small. How many again. Jiminy crickets can fit into the Exactly. Uh, how the, many angels can fit upon a match hat? Exactly. And, and can, do you know this? Hang on, just for the quantum realm thing. Like for some reason, they can't say the quantum realm or whatever it is. There's like a weird copyright. Do you know about this, Scott? Yeah, it's the Micronauts. Get out. Story. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Micronauts yeah. was a licensed property that Marvel produced comics of in the 80s. And then they crossed it over with the Marvel Universe and introduced a couple characters. But mm-hmm. the, the Quantum Realm is is a Micronauts thing, even though Professor Xavier and the other X-Men have visited them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not allowed to use all of it without paying... Mr. Micronaut. <laughs> Which is a thing you might have thought about before spending $250 million to make this movie. So they, do they just never say Quantum Realm? Because or... I feel like they say it occasionally. I just think yeah, they, they couldn't put it. it in their branding. They say it. Yeah. I think it's really hard. Oh. To just... Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, so they accidentally go there. Modoc sucks, you said? Like, Modoc sucks. Suck? Modoc sucks so bad. I don't want to even oh. spoil it how bad he sucks. Well, I might not end up watching it, but it's too bad. Yeah, looks like I have the big head and tiny little leg because his head got yep. so big and, that he and needs somehow, a chair. Somehow, the <laughs> awesome lameness that is Modok, they ruined with oh, real, man. actual lameness. No, like yeah, it's like, it's like he got like the Deadpool treatment, like the first one, where you're yeah. just sort of like, wait a second, <clears throat> you do realize that this character is supposed to be like funny and absurd, not like in any kind of way menacing or. Like, like they no, played it it's straight. not even. No, it's. Oh God, I wish they played it straight. They, 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 they subverted Modok to tie him into the Ant Man movies in the dumbest way. You know, just explain it. I don't really care about Quantumania. I'll watch it at a very long time from now. I, I cannot right. be spoiled. Kang releases the Hunter, the most feared killing machine after the Craven. humans that have fallen. Oh. And it turns out it's Modok, and you're like, "Oh, that's cool. He's a big giant head with like weapons and little." Yeah, little he's got arms. a special chair that shoots missiles and stuff. Yeah, and he's got this like creepy golden supersized mask over his giant head. Mm-hmm. Looks like Modok. Looks looks ridiculous and and stupid and awesome. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the mask comes up, and it's Corey Stoll underneath it. Who's Corey Stoll? Who you may remember as Yellow Jacket from the first Ant Man movie, that's who got silly. shrunk down into nothingness. But now he's a giant head. And he's just like, everyone's reaction is, Darren? Darren, is that you? What happened to you? He's like, I, I'm superior. And they're like, no, you're not. He's like, oh. And he's just sad corporate bad guy from the first movie. It's really bad. Maybe they can fix it in a MODOK movie. (laughs) No. Well, no, it's... so the whole concept of Modok, if I'm not mis- if I'm not very much mistaken in the comics, is that he does it to himself, right? Like he's trying to like increase his intellect or something, and then no, as a Aim result... does it to him. Huh? Aim does it to him. Aim does it to him. Aim, the advanced idea mechanics. Mm, okay, and they're sort of like we're going to make you the smartest creature alive or whatever, and then yeah, designed for old... killing. Yeah, exactly. Mechanical or mechanical organism designed only for killing. Yep, that's right. Modok. How did they screw that up? <laughs> I, that, that's what I don't know. How did they take the ridiculous character and make him... He doesn't have to be tied into anything. Just no, yeah. He could have just been a screaming madman, giant baby head. <laughs> and it would have been fine. Screaming like Fear Modok and stuff. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like a bummer. It's, it's, just, it's just a hot mess. And... Apparently, like Bill Murray's in it, and it's not even that entertaining. Yep, he's in. He's got one scene. It's yeah. gross. 
See? That's a shame. Bill Murray can't even save it. You're like, we put Bill Murray in there, even though, like, everybody was like, Bill Murray's kind of a dick. And they're like, we're still gonna, we're still gonna give Bill his MCU cameo. And then it's not even, like, funny Bill Murray. And he's not even anyone. He plays some quantum rebel fighter. <laughs> like, useless. you know? Useless to me. Useless to me. And how does this tie in? I guess Kang gets out. Is that the end of the film? That despite their best efforts, Kang is like, I'm loose. No, they kill Kang. And then oh, there's okay. other Kangs. Right. So this is just a Kang. A yeah. Kang unit. And the other Kangs will. look really cool at the, at the end. They're like Immortus and Ramatut. And like they show up in the other iterations of Kang. And I'm like, that's, that's cool. Mm. And Jonathan Majors. Pretty cool. Yeah, he's, apparently, he's got, he's like, very, apparently he's also very good in it. <laughs> He is, he is very good in it. Like, he explains his motivations in a weird, evil way that isn't bad. I, he's like, just like, no, I, I'm... My whole purpose is, is to win. Like, I don't... I have to. I have to conquer everything. Well, you're I, like, oh, I, mean, I get he, it. Like, you're, you're straight up he, broken. He, he did a good job of also sort of, like, representing, like, the one not bad Kang in Loki... Right, if he was like just yeah. like un- and and like and by virtue of that was also kind of like winning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he's like my ultimate test is to hold all the other Kangs at bay by making sure that there's no multiverse because I unified the timeline and then have done everything in my power to make sure there's only one timeline to prevent a multiverse because every other possible Kang will try to conquer the multiverse. So in yeah. a way, I'm the most powerful Kang, <laughs> even though I'm not conquering it. I still like usurped the yeah. other Kangs. He's got this. He's got this great scene with with um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Um, he like cons her into helping him, into making her believe that like he's he's an exile like her, mm-hmm. and like she works with him to to get them both out of the the quantum verse. And is there when, point of when order? Computer, point of order, sir. Yeah. Does every universe have a quantum realm? No, like, it's outside of time and space. It's so small. It's smaller than time. I understand. Comic books, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Smaller than time. <laughs> okay. Um, We're learning. And then, as as she she fixes it, and they get they get his ship working so they can escape. She learns who he really is. She like mm-hmm. does this thing that lets him lets her read all of his thoughts and all of his memories and, and mm-hmm. learns that he is like a despotic, tyrannical conqueror. Uh-huh. And and she's like, No, I can't let you leave. And he's like, Look, I promised you that I would take you home and and I, I, I will do that. And I, I I will promise you now that I won't I won't touch your universe. Like I'm I'm completely honorable. I'll take you back from the moment you left. You won't miss a day of your daughter's life. And I'll leave you alone. Just everything for you will be fine. And you and, and your universe. The entire you and your universe. universe. And she's like, but how many other universes will you destroy? He's like, I... As, as many as I can. What's a Graham number? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's a cool scene. Like, I get, I get that. And he sold it as being completely sincere. To, to even me as a viewer, I'm like, yeah, I don't think he would. He's he's got infinite other universes to go to. He can totally leave that one alone. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And now she fucks him. 
she has sex with him? Like literally? That's the that's no, no. She, she cheats on Hank with him? That's weird. <clears throat> no, she cheats on Hank with Bill Murray. Oh. Yeah, very, very weird movie. Awkward. Hmm. It's just apparently her hair is really bad, right? Is that also true? I mean, apparently there's like there's some like awful wigs at play. I read an entire article somewhere. Some blog was just like, forget special effects. There are terrible wigs on display in Quantumania (laughs) that they need to be. This is Disney. They need to be able to afford like several hundred dollar wigs. Like apparently the hairline is messed up, and like there's a lot. There was a lot of screenshots where I was like, these do look like pretty bad wigs. I mean, I, didn't I don't know if it, I would notice. Like, it just the whole thing to me was like a double long episode of Christopher Eccleston's Doctor Who. It just kind of looked bad and was campy, and you're like, okay, that's fine. And then there's some maybe it should have been a show. And, maybe it should have been a show, like a three part little event, show, but like or something. I, I'm sure it was very expensive to get Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly and Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas. Yeah. In the movie. Like, I'm sure that was a big chunk of the budget. Right I feel there. like they're all on contract. Oh, man. Did you hear about $250 million? What I'm sure Paul Rudd is making at least 10 and The others are making oh. at least 5 Okay, okay. So let's say 50 That's still less than a fifth of the budget. You say $200 million? Think of what they did for $200 million. Um, well, you don't want to go too far back, but... Mm. I'm looking up Keanu Reeves. I read this. Uh, Keanu Reeves' salary for John Wick 4... He apparently got fifteen million. There's no way Paul Rudd's getting ten for Ant Man. If Keanu's getting fifteen for John Wick Four, I feel that he probably signed a multi. I, th- I feel that he probably signed like a multi film contract for somewhere in the vicinity of like fifteen, like for like multiple Ant Mans. Yeah, but Paul this Rudd. is his sixth movie, seventh movie. I'm Something sure there was a renegotiation in there somewhere. Somewhere he didn't sign for ten movies. Because, yeah, the Keanu Reeves thing struck out to me because I don't remember if it's the highest paid, but it's something It's something along the lines of the most amount of money for the least amount of dialogue in, like, up... It's like an, he oh, says, that's, um, that's Kurt Russell at Soldier. How much did Kurt Russell get paid for in Soldier? Like $10 million. It's something like a million dollars a word, though. <laughs> Kurt Russell okay, okay. in Soldier is, like, famously... Yeah, I, I know. It, I know it was a long time ago, but the Matrix cost sixty-five million dollars. Yeah, right. So I mean, fine, 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 fine. That was in two, like nineteen ninety-nine dollars, which is which. So maybe you want to double it, but mm-hmm. still, why are these things costing two hundred? But that, that's what I'm wondering. Is Even the Wachowskis just... didn't learn that lesson, though. They made True. three more, each spending top dollar, and none of them were as good as the Matrix. That, but that's what I'm kind of wondering is like are these new um like are these new th- the numbers calculating uh marketing so anyway so so apparently 65 65 million dollars in in the year 2000 I forgot to write 1999 to today is 113 so just like straight up you're at like 113 114 million for just the matrix Okay, so that's the production budget. And now I'm saying, like I said, do you put $10 million, $100 million into marketing? You might. Or double it, 250 Yeah. Okay, and you guys were saying that the budget for this one started at 250 and then we doubled it for marketing. Something like that. No, 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 I, I'm saying I don't know. I don't know if that, like I said, I don't know if that $200 okay, okay. Million is, let's, is let's find yeah, I don't know if that $200 Ant-Man million dollars includes budget. marketing or not. No, Ant-Man, Quantum Mania. Anyway, Ant-Man so, and the Boss was the other one. 
Yeah. So, uh, but isn't it called Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Media? Maybe. There's a lot of words <laughs> in that title. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so John Wick, John Wick 4, he has like less than 300 words of dialogue or something like that. And it's like, he has like, there are scenes of him, like, like there, there are scenes of him talking. It's just, he says so little, like, it's not like, it's not like a soldier situation where he's not supposed to be talking. He talks. Mm-hmm. It's just so little. Oh man. John Wick 4. They're, they're not explicit. I'm just going to finish off on the Marvel thing. They're not explicit about it, but you're right. They're reporting a $200 million budget. It's Usually, I don't know. If we're doubling one to just say you have to add advertising, we should double the other one to say you're you're adding advertising. Which there, you, right away, this has double the va- the budget of the Matrix. Yeah, balanced out. But, we, but which crazy. again, but my understanding was that like the Matrix has bad wigs, you know. Yeah, exactly. But like the Matrix was kind of low budget for its time, right? Like that was that was one of the weird things is that like there were other true, movies that true. they had already been hundred million dollar films. Looking way shittier. Yeah, exactly. You, you can and, use and Keanu Reeves wasn't a marquee player at that point, True. and True. nobody else was. Yeah, I don't think there's any real stars in. There's like recognizable Lawrence faces. Fishburne was pretty big. Yeah, Even then, it was Lawrence like a renaissance Fishburne for Lawrence Fishburne. Like it was. I don't be the genie. <laughs> uh, so I'm, no, I'm he looking at Jambi. He was Cowboy Curtis. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, yeah, no, John Wick Four was a hundred million dollars budget, but at the same time, I believe there is nearly no CG in it; just incredibly complicated practical effects and fight scenes. Did it work? It's the best. <laughs> Moving on, uh, it's definitely the second best John Wick. Uh, okay. I would I, I would say that like a number of fight scenes surpass even anything that John Wick One does, and the only reason that I would say that it like stoops a little below John Wick One is that John Wick One operates in the like realm of believability, <laughs> whereas John Wick Four has kind of done away with that. Like like one of the things they introduce in like say like the third film is the weird like bulletproof jackets. Which yeah. make don't make a lick of sense. Like how are they? Second, how, that's in the second film. Second one, yeah. Well, the, exactly. The a, meets the tailor. Yeah, exactly. So he gets a, somehow, but he can just sort of like hold up his little thing and be like ping, 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 and I'm like that doesn't. That's not a thing. <laughs> like I'm like you, you'd still be getting. I understand you wouldn't be necessarily put in the hospital by a bullet because for some reason it's not penetrating this whatever magic John Wick material is. But I'm like there's still velocity of the bullets. Like it's soft. The the material is soft. You are getting shot. And it would suck. Anyway, uh, and there's like genuinely a sequence where he like falls out of a second story window and like dusts himself off and kind of just like hobbles away with like a, a slight inconvenience limp, and then is okay in the next scene again. <laughs> You're just like, does, no. Does this movie take place 24 hours after the third one? No, sadly, it doesn't. He uh-huh. get, he's 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 a little too messed up, I think, at the end of the third one, having been actually shot up. <laughs> Pretty badly fucked up. He's, I mean, he's pretty dying by the end of the third one. So I, I think I think it does a jump of like three months later, which I think is still way too even way too short to be like picking up after being shot repeatedly and falling off a building. But um, yeah, it, it does. There is a bit of a time jump to warrant him being back on his feet and stuff. Donnie Yen is so good in it. Donnie Yen is like unbelievable martial arts choreography the character that he plays is blind so all of his fights involve him not like 
looking at the person that he's punching and fighting with. And this isn't like a weird gimmick for one fight. This is the main, like, this is the guy, like, hunting down John Wick. There's, like, multiple action sequences where they pull off this shtick. It must have been, like, an absolute nightmare (laughs) to choreograph and make it look so good at all times. It, like, looks fantastic all the time. It's it's crazy. They do one thing that is that bugged me a little bit, but Andrew liked it. They went on to a weird like top down mode for like an extended shot, which I think again is like it's a cool technical shot, but it didn't like I don't think it was as cool as they thought it is. It just looked kind of like a, a top down PlayStation One video game for John Wick. <laughs> like, but it's like a single take, and I don't know if that's a single take like via. I doubt it was a trickery. Maybe a single shot. Yeah, I, yeah they. Um, shot, yeah. I don't know. Good on them for experimenting. For yeah. sure, that's it. It's, yeah. like, it's kind of cool because it's like, like there is like the long shot of him kind of like it goes like a long shot of him like fighting up the stairs and all that stuff. That's like like single shot, and then it kind of like flips up over, and you're just sort of like, oh, okay, this is this is what we're doing, and then it just like stays <laughs> over him as he like moves through multiple rooms in a mansion. <clears throat> also, the I told Scott about this. I like. I, I went, like, yeah, and clapped. Uh, like, a, a moment in the film, like, overwhelmed me to the point that I had, like, a physical, like, a verbal and physical reaction in a crowded movie theater. <laughs> Which was, um, he gets to a city, and, you know, there's, like, the inter- inner workings of the whole high table and all that stuff, and everybody's an assassin and whatever else. So, like, he gets to a city, and they basically... Uh, are going to put out, like, an APB on, like, calling all assassins John Wick is in the city. So I guess they have their own assassin radio station. And, like, the shot, you see, like, a like a woman with, like, a big afro or whatever, like, like setting up in the studio. And like, then from the, um, the Rose Warriors? Straight up. And it's, like, the shot yeah. of, like, like the, the camera down and, like, just the lips. And she's like, hey, all you boppers, John Wick's come to town. I was like, yes! And, like, and clapped. Sarah's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's for me. It's just for me. I'm sure it's for a lot of people. It's a pretty huge genre film, and John Wick is obviously, I think, like... Like, it's... I think John Wick is in... I'm sure there's others, too, right? Like, homages to other films all hmm. over the John Wick films that I'm, I'm wondering someone's probably... Wonder. Probably catalogued <laughs> various action movie nods. Like, yeah, that's it. Like, there's the... Oh, what's the movie where they fight up the stairs? They kind of do that in this one, too. Is it... mm, the second Matrix has a big stairs scene. Yeah, but the original is it Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Where they fight up the stairs? Maybe. I'm trying to think. I feel like it's a western. Anyway, uh, yeah, exactly. I feel there's tons of nods all over the place, but it, it's wait, wait, with the baby carriage, Battleship Potemkin, or not Battleship Potemkin? Uh... Oh, that's yeah. um, the Untouchables. Naked Gun. But it's where like the, the two guys. But but then they have the the, but the untouchables, then, the baby carriage going down the stairs with yeah, the yeah. guns. No no no, this yeah. is the fight up the stairs. It's like the two guys who fight up the stairs only to have a shootout at the top of the stairs. That Princess is Princess like Bride. Su- which you do not know because I'm also sh- not left-handed. They don't have a shootout. I saw a weird meme the other day. Fight. If they had a shootout, it'd be real weird. Cowboy Bebop. It's not Cowboy stairs Bebop. Stairs at the end. And then they also don't have a shootout. One of them has a sword. <laughs> Half a shootout. <laughs> exactly. Unbelievably, Bishop, 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 Vicious brings a sword to a gunfight and does okay. <laughs> is, it, is it the raid? Lots of stairs in the raid. Okay, well, not. I mean, maybe when we, take, when we take a brief break, I'll, I'll come back and it'll be, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's transparent to the viewer. Anyway, uh, John Wick 4, 
freaking amazing. Like honestly, better better than two, better than three. Has a three hour runtime. Does not feel like three hours at all. That's intense. Like the the third one has like that weird like lull in the middle where you're kind of yeah. like bored, where you're just sort of yeah. wandering around in the desert and Halle Berry's around. And they're like, yeah, no, none of that, none of it whatsoever. It's so not interested in doing anything other than just unbelievably long choreographed fight scenes. Like multiple scenes feel like the like feel like the raid. There's, like, multiple scenes that are, like, on par with the raid of, like, John Wick is, like, here he is in this one building, and everyone's trying to kill him. Let's watch this for, like, an hour. And then let's have about five to ten minutes of dialogue. Well, he's in another building, and everyone wants to kill him. Here we go again. It does beg the question, I mean, and the question has been begged by this the series a lot, of, like, at what point, like, in this connected world of assassins... Like, everybody has to be, like, one step removed from someone that John Wick has brutally murdered. Like, if not in the last, like, couple weeks of time, like, he was also a crazy assassin to begin with operating for the high table. Like, everybody must know somebody who's killed him. Let's be like, I'm going to be the guy that takes him out. That doesn't make any sense anymore. You're like, okay, I'm Mr. Mid-Tier Assassin. Am I going to show up to the gang gang up on John Wick party? Like... Does that ever work out? Yeah, I know. Like, maybe, maybe. How many street thugs ran at Bruce Lee? Yeah, but like Bruce Lee okay, wasn't playing the same character in every film. No, but like he's <laughs> he's been in those fights. You know, you watch twenty of your friends get hit in the head with nunchucks, and you're just like, "Here I go." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'll be the one. I <laughs> figured out his pattern. Yeah, like there's like a weird like oh oh. Uh, like a, a high and mighty big guy mobster who feels like like so sure of himself and like and I think Winston's even in the scene being like like honestly how do you think this is gonna go for you <laughs> he's just like you're letting him into your lair do you know what's happened to everybody else who's done this and he's like ah, like you know sure very sure of himself but like He's kind of doing the the break in the fourth wall thing from Fast 9 of like, what do you think is going to happen? John Wick's going to show up and kill everybody in here because that's what always happens. Did um, Lance, what's his name, finish all of his parts for that movie? Lance Riddick. Didn't he die? Riddick? Yeah, yeah. Lance Riddick is uh, certainly, well, well, he, oh no, yeah, because he only died a couple weeks before it came out. So he was like, it was like well done. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know the exact timeline around that. Yeah, yeah. It's like he died in like yeah. March or something. So they mm-hmm. were like way, way past filming principal photography. Anyway, watch John Wick Four. Everybody, everybody should watch John Wick Four. Is Man. John Wick Four the first good fourth movie? Is John Wick series. Four the first good fourth film? Because it's not Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. There is no, not. No, I heard. Not. The, I hear the fifth one is like an even worse disaster. Oh no! Wolf. Yeah. It's not yeah. the Phantom Menace. No, no. I mean, it's definitely not Terminator 4. Jaws? No, Jaws 4 is not. Jaws was no all good. garbage after the first one. No yeah. good. Um, Leprechaun in the Hood? Leprechaun. No, actually, Leprechaun. Or was that 5? That was 5. That's 5. Leprechaun 4 is four Leprechaun in space. space. So, yes, yeah. no, that's the first good one. <laughs> <laughs> Leprechaun 4, Leprechaun in space. I mean, I'm sure James Bond, the fourth one, was fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious was... was... No, four, 4 was where... 4 is the worst one. 
Four is the one where they have the underground race and all that stuff, and it's they haven't quite locked into the fact that they're completely insane superpowers. It's five where they suddenly they're like, "Oh yeah, this is we're just gonna go nuts," and they rob a bank by stealing the bank, and like Dwayne Johnson's like, "Whatever you do, don't let him in a car," like because he's just like, <laughs> like in all, like saying earnestly, like it's five where they like hit the tone, Fast and the Furious that they then maintain forwards, right? Like, one is they're just car thieves. Two was too fast, too furious, and it's just kind of silly. Three is Tokyo Drift, so like barely counts. Then four, they're like, we bought the cast back, but it was like, bad. But I think they like, touched on the like, insane tone. And it's like, I think four is probably the worst one, because it's like, not uh, not playing it straight like the first one would be, where it's just basically gone in 60 seconds, but then not hitting the, like, completely Are we bonkers. In a Fiero in space? Yeah, exactly. That's fast nine, baby. I don't think we can die. <laughs> I don't what are you think talking we about? can die. I don't I think we're immortal. You're being ridiculous. We are in a Fiero in space trying to shoot down a satellite. Yeah. This is normal. How is it why is that nonsense? That's the uh, best. I, I love that scene so much. I also do that any scene of the might be the best in all the Fast and Furious movies. Do the other John Wick films... I, I don't believe that the John Wick... Like, what the, what serves four really well, which I don't think the other ones have, is there's, like... A, like, a, like, the Donnie Yen character is, like, a soldier who's, like, doggedly pursuing him. It's usually just, like, the rich guy on the phone being like, get me John Wick dead, or whatever, you know? Like, like the main... cool assassin. Hmm? The cool assassin shows up a bunch of times, you know? Well, they're, after but that's what I'm saying, but they're always not great characters. Like, I remember two is, what's-her-face? Like, the androgynous? Is that right, Scott? Ruby Rose. That, huh? Ruby Rose. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, the androgynous actor. Mute. Yeah, mute. she's mute. She's not and androgynous. She just has short hair. Oh. I Wears believe... makeup all the time. She's... Hmm. I don't know. I, I recall it being at least, like, somewhat Annie Lennox-ish. <clears throat> Anyway, I mean, you watch. she wears one of the suits, but she's also wearing eye makeup and yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. looks pretty. Yeah. She's, but she is mute. She she only has hand signs. Yeah, so that's not like a like a super, you know, alluring character. Like looks she's, cool. She's like, not. She's not. You're not invested in her. As, yeah, exactly. She just looks. She exists to look cool. Right. And then I don't think the third one has like a super assassin that's really going toe to toe with him, other than like a couple of like mid bosses and whatever. Okay, so they they like devote time to the blind guy. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like he he gets a lot of screen time and like gets a lot of development time and sort of like has as like as much character development I think as any character in John Wick has ever had <laughs> prior. So and like what's that? Which, which serves the the film really well because you're like, oh yeah, this is like the guy that's chasing him. And and like what's funny too is that like he's like it's gonna be me who gets him so he's even like not necessarily interested in like the, the, the other third people. one is the blonde girl Adrienne Pavlicki who even fights him in the hotel oh yeah she yeah. and then violates the thing yeah right yeah. she violates the protection of the uh, the hotel of the continental that's right anyway I also watched D and D everybody the Dungeons and Dragons movie Honor Among Thieves. Starring Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez from Fast and the Furious fame. Was it a natural 20? Featuring a cameo by Bradley Cooper. Wow. As a raccoon. He plays a little halfling. (laughs) 
He plays like a halfling who apparently has a thing for big, strong women. Because uh, <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez, I think, plays some kind of a barbarian. And maybe a half-orc? Maybe she's a half-orc. Maybe that's something that is mentioned. Anyway, she looks pretty human to me. But, and then uh, he had a relationship with her prior to her getting sent to Revel's End. And, and then his, his new fling is genuinely like a Goliath. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's good with like his hands, they say. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting in his little tiny chair, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's fine. I like it. <laughs> it's, just, it's, a, it's a, I consider it to be like a C plus to B minus. It's like, I think that if it was a television show, I'd have been really into it. Because the movie itself is kind of episodic. Like, which it feels, like I said, here's, a, here's the thing. It feels a lot like a and d game. Uh, in numerous ways, where they're just sort of like, here's the setup is you guys are in Revel's End, now you need to like arrange the breakout of Revel's End, and then you, you get there. And then you're like, okay, well, we need to go back to town because the guy who screwed us over does this. And then you need this artifact. Well, we need to go down to the Underdark and get the artifact. Okay, now we need to break <laughs> back into town. And like, like it's like each one like really feels like, okay, like this is a session, this is a session, this is a session. So which I think it would have been served by like having each one of those little bits be their own little like 45 minute episode with a little bit more like character development and stuff in mm-hmm. it because like the tone the tone is really funny like every, every almost every character has is played not necessarily like a joke of a character but like it, it all they all they're all quick with the quips and whatever that has that like that buffy kind of vibe of like mm. you know like are, you, are you saying that in a favorable sense yeah. Buffy's on the outs these days i mean buffy is on the outs these days but the show is still fun and everybody's full of quips Sure, sure. You know, like, every, like there's no like not funny characters in Buffy. Yeah. So it's it's like that. Like they're all kind of played for different like senses of humor. The paladin is is delightful. It's a uh, Reggie Jean. What's his name? The guy from Bridgerton. Uh, he just plays like this super like super by the books paladin. You know, like he has a, like the Underdark, and he was like, if it gets too dark to see, you may hold my hand. And they're all like, no. <laughs> There's a point where he's like walking down the beach, and they're just sort of like, "There he goes, walking in a straight line down the beach." There's a big rock in front of him. I wonder, I wonder what he's gonna do when he gets to that rock. Think he's gonna go around? Nope, he's just going over it. It's just him, like kind of just like and just like popping up over the big rock, and then just keeps wandering as they all just sort of like watch him wander away. Uh, They also have a lot of creative, again, like creative uses of spells and abilities that I liked. Like like I mean, recognizable D and D type powers that they well recognizable D and D type powers that they're like let's use for like 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 hey dungeon master I have this ability what if I do this right and, like I mean I don't know the big one is there's like a hither and thither portal wand and they're like so they're like oh yeah you can't we can't like just port into the into the safe because like you need to have line of sight on the other portal and they're sort of like well but what if we point it at a surface get that surface into the safe. <laughs> then we do the other one. They're like, you can almost like hear the like GM wheels turning and being like, I'm going to allow it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yes, that works. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I have line of sight on this. We smuggled yeah. this into the safe and then I just pointed at a wall and you're just sort of like, I guess if there's like, and you can hear the like, is there time of, does it, does it last for long enough? I guess if you maintain concentration, like you can kind of like, this is obviously not the intention of the spell, but like, the characters right, think right, it out, and they're like, yeah, I guess so. So there, there's, like, a couple little moments like that, which is, like, I feel is also sort of, like, core to the D&D experience is, like, making your powers and abilities feel cool 
in the moment and ex- like justifying the use that is not necessarily the main use. Anyway, uh, like I said, I liked it a lot. Uh, like I said, everybody's fine. Everybody's fun. It's like good. I know apparently a, a lot of people who were like. Uh, I was talking with like, some of Cyrus' coworkers who like used to play. They were like, "It really made me want to play D anD." d They said. So, but there are people who formerly played it. I don't know if that would like, if it would have that effect on, like your casual. Okay. Film Do, can it can it pass as like a fantasy adventure film on its own? I think so. Like if you just didn't have D anD. D branding, and then it was like Conan the whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it would pass. It's and that's, like that's what I'm saying. That's where my like. C minus, like like C plus B minus rating comes in is like I think that's how that's where it stands as a as a fantasy film. I think as a like D and D film, it's like a like an A minus even because I'm just sort of like there's so many little what like, is D- what is it up against you know well, well, yeah but not only what is it up like... against but all of that little stuff like that stuff of like oh this this feels like clever use of a spell or this feels like interesting use and like ah oh, there's a gelatinous cube and like and whatever else like all the all the stuff that's there for me bumps it kind of up a grade and I'm mm-hmm. like I'm trying to like but my rating of C plus is is the rating as how does it stand on its own laurels like as a and d fan there's a lot of stuff in there that's like just for me but I'm like does that make it a good movie mm-hmm. you know so I mean it, it doesn't need to be a great film so long as it's a good time. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of D&D products have not really understood. Yeah. I, I feel that, especially with all the quick banter and all that stuff, like I did not watch that, that show, Fox Machina and all that stuff, but I was like, but I was like, oh yeah, someone has watched uh, the... Critical Role. Yeah. Someone has watched Critical Role and knows that characters being like funny and quippy and coming up with unique solutions to problems is, is the thing that people gravitate to in D and that that's that's why the game is fun and it's not just like weird serious heavy gravitas all the time it's like that's usually not why people are getting around every like week or two to play it is usually not to take it super serious so someone i think realized that and then wrote that wrote this movie around that easily set up for a sequel and the world and whatever else also like it's kind of it's like there i would say it's even like not to say low stakes but it's like it's just like they ultimately like the the main plot is to like thwart a red wizard plot, so you know it's not necessarily... that's wonderful. Though. I know, but I, like, which I know it exactly. Yeah. But I'm saying like that's like just yeah. super by the numbers, right? It's not like the fate of all. I mean, like the fate of reality, technically, I guess you know, like lies in the balance if the red wizards get to have their way. But like that's such a classic, <laughs> you know, like the red wizards have a crazy scheme to do something crazy, and the characters have to stop it. You're like, yeah, that's that's a D and D game. That sounds like sure. that sounds sure. right. But yeah, exactly. It doesn't necessarily. I, I, have I the... walked by a computer screen that happened to be showing a pirate site that I, you know, it wasn't my computer, mm-hmm. and it had that movie on there. Mm-hmm. And I like, I didn't stop to watch it because I thought, you know, maybe I want to pay for this one. This is if I was ever going to like get some dollars into the system to support anything, maybe it should be this one. I guess. Yeah. yeah no, I like I said, ab- absolutely watchable and and good and funny. Not too long either, which. Again, ninety minutes, somewhere something like that. Yeah, yeah, which I very that's much appreciate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't overstay your welcome. And I think that also yeah, the other thing that's really fun about it is even though like the final action scene 
is still like kind of fun and a little campy. Like it's a big giant, again, classic D and D. It's like a big giant maze with monsters running around in the maze and the characters right. running around in it. Again, you're just sort of like every dungeon master in the world has been like, you're thrown into a maze. That's haha. Open that chest. Ah, it's a mimic. Ha ha. You're just like. <laughs> You know, like, and again, it's like real breezy. It's like, it's not like the tone stops just because they're in the final encounter, which I find also right. a lot of like, like what Marvel movies make the mistake of is it's like, it's fun and quippy for the like first two acts and the third act is like, let's get serious, Avengers. Superman smashing buildings or, all the way through New York City, killing lots and lots of yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, I highly, yeah. highly approve. Approved. Yeah, right on. What else is going on? Mandalorian season three is out. It's, it's half, good. Halfway again. Halfway through it. I just watched episode four. I want to say from a bath today. I like to watch Mandalorian mm-hmm. in the bath. It's That's time. too much information and a thing you just shared with the world. No, 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 no. See, Sarah. You, you Sarah like does not Mandalorian like Mandalorian naked and wet. <laughs> yes, uh, that is like okay. But you're saying you don't like a good bath. Nice little soak. Drop a little bath yeah, bomb no. in there. Absolutely not. No, I am a I hot, can't hot remember cold the last shower person. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're missing out. You're missing out on self care, buddy. So yeah, that's sorry. Not, that's not true. Switching the shower to cold at the end gives you a dopamine rush that is is equivalent. See, to I take a shower after studies. the bath. Well, that's just wantonly wasteful. No, we live in Quebec. We don't actually need to worry about water conservation. I don't think that's true at all either. It is true. Sarah's friends with like an environmental person who works for the ministry, like the Environment Canada. And he's like, water conservation is just not necessary in Quebec by any stretch. Yeah, but energy shower, bath, shower, all you want. Exactly. You don't have to conserve everything. Some things you have plenty of. Like water. Here. Here. Yeah, exactly. In this part of the world. (laughs) Like where we're living. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, so tell me of your naked Mandalorian. Mandalorian is like it's me time because Sarah has zero interest of watching the Star Wars television shows or anything Star Wars related. So uh, like every like week or two or whatever, I like I draw myself a nice bath, drop in a bath bomb. There's like essential oils or whatever that goes up. Skin gets all soft, and then I I usually I don't think I always make up a mosa, but I make like I'll, I'll like I fizz up some soda stream. I don't think I don't think drinking alcohol in the hot bath is probably the best. Like I take a pretty steamy bath. I don't think you're supposed to drink and get all hot. <laughs> it's like drinking in sauna. I don't think you're. That's not. It's not right. You're not supposed to do that. Anyway, and then put on the Mandalorian. I have a little uh, a uh, waterproof Bluetooth speaker that I connect my computer to, so my computer will be like up on the shelf. But then the sound is like nice and close. And if the speaker falls in, it's not a not a concern because the speaker's waterproof, mm-hmm. so I get good sound quality. And watch me some Mandalorian. You put the speaker in the water to feel exactly. the bass. Exactly, that's it. Pedro Pascal's talking to a little weird little gremlin. It's great. <laughs> it's good times. Anyway, yeah, I just watched the uh, the Foundling episode or whatever. It's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> Mandalorian is operates extremely in that same spot as the D&D film, where I was just sort of like, oh, this doesn't take itself super seriously. It's It has narrowed in on the things I like about Star Wars and isn't necessarily looking to reinvent the wheels, but they're sort of like, here's a, some fun Star Wars shit. That's It's the one show that's learned the thing about Star Wars. 
it you haven't watched still Dynamite. has to be fun. It still has to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Andor so is not much. that fun. Andor Andor is very serious, but actually does it well. So that's a a different vibe. Uh, uh, you should watch Andor. It's so good. Yeah. <clears throat> How far along are you in the thing? Up to date. Up to date. Okay. So you've yeah. seen Lizzo and Jack Black. Yeah, they're did get, fine. Did you get Man. upset? No, you got not upset because people were having fun with Star Wars. They're like, not every planet needs to be Tatooine, and it's it's okay for them to go to a planet where like the rich upper class are rich and upper class, and like, and, welcome to my planet. <laughs> we have fancy stuff. <laughs> I'm like, cool. It's science fiction. Yeah, they, they don't, don't all. They, they don't all need to be absolutely corrupt <laughs> like or or like groveling dust merchants with yellow teeth <laughs> right like they're just they're just another thing and they're not even in the episode they have two scenes basically they're like welcome to the planet we have a mission for you and then they're off the mission happens and then the mission's over and they go back and they're just like i can't believe you solved the mission <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's it. That's all that happens. They're just a little bookend Perfection. for, for the for the thing. And yeah, they chew the scenery a little bit, but it's Star Jack Wars. Black. No, sir. How it's... dare you? <laughs> Have you seen the peaches video? No. Like teaches of peaches. No. So there's <laughs> Bowser sings a song about peaches or about peach. In the in the right. film Mario, but there's a music video of it where it's Jack Black like with kind of a little Bowser helmet with like a big shock of red hair and a green suit, but it's just still like live action and him playing piano singing like the full length version of it. It's like an absolute earworm. It's the best. Like and the chorus is just like peaches, 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 peaches. I love you. It's great. It's A plus. Does that again and again? Uh-huh. <laughs> I haven't seen the Mario movie yet, but I was like, Sarah was like, I'm sad that this has popped into our feed because, like, I'd be so excited for this in the film <laughs> to just have Bowser <laughs> just just playing a piano and singing the song. Speaking of Jack Black, I just real quickly, I watched the House with the Clock in Its Walls. The House the other with day. the Clock in Its Walls. They made yeah. a movie out of that. Or, or... Yeah. So oh. the screenplay was written by Eric Kripke did Supernatural and The Boys. And right. it's directed by Eli Roth. And it's Holy a kid's shit. Goosebumps level scary movie. And I don't know that it was. I remember reading that book and I remember being like scared fucking stiff. I was pretty young, but but it was like way, way more spooky and cerebral, I think, than I was ready for. Or maybe I'm, I was like a little kid. Remembering it completely, but... I haven't, I haven't read the book, but I watched the movie with Archer and it's a, it's a Goosebumps level. Spooky uh, movie. Well, I feel like maybe they did it dirty then, because I, I think I think it might have had like a time to go back, John. Yeah, yeah. Really? I'm gonna go. Find, I'm gonna track it down. I'll let, With yeah. The book and the movie, because again, Eric Kripke and, and Eli Roth. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, can go, it can go wildly all over the place. Well, like this he's is this is the bills too, right? Oh, speaking of the guy the, Eli the TV Roth. series where where Ant Man crawls into a guy's dick and then sneezes and explodes. And did you hear the and, Eli Roth news? The big Eli Roth news, guys. They're making Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. (laughs) 
He's finally, someone has finally decided to pay Eli Roth to make Thanksgiving. Which is so good. I'm so excited. How many of them now have been made? I mean, I really think Hobo with a shotgun shotgun and I think Thanksgiving. Machete. machete. Yeah, Machete also. (laughs) Yeah. And those two both got two movies out of it. That's so fucking weird. Edgar Edgar Wright has what to do don't. To alive. don't. Don't. <laughs> I love the way he describes it too, where he was just sort of like those weird Italian like movies that then get like cut and edited out of order when they get translated. So nothing makes sense. Like dead people, like people who died in one scene are in another scene because they just put it on a horrible chopping, like horribly edited together. I was like, oh, I would love so much for Edgar Wright. <laughs> To direct, don't. There was an interview in, in that, that style. There was an interview that came out this week with Tarantino talking about Death Proof. How he mm-hmm. was like re- really sad that 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 one didn't break through the zeitgeist. I'm like, mm. you you went out of your way to make a movie that wouldn't break through the zeitgeist. It was, it was a pretty tough, tough, tough little flick. I mean, but it was I also think... marketed as a drive-in theater B-rated camp movie like it was never yeah. made like any of his other films which i think i think that he was banking on and he's not completely off base like i think he was banking on it being like oh this is this is the the bullet or the french connection or whatever else like that like it is just like it had the extended car scene car chase and basically you know like the first one's pretty long and then the second one is the rest of the movie basically <laughs> right like Mix like you take the car chase scene, mix with the like the woman revenge story, and I think that's where he was just like people are going to be riveted by this thing, and it was just like it was just fine. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it was like I, it I was, think it was, it was good. More, it was much more vanishing point. Like, look, I've made a movie that has a cult following, based on all these movies that have cult followings that only the real, yeah, like cassette heads would would know about. I think his his dialogue in that movie didn't snap as much as it needed to to carry a, like longer conversation scenes, and then the car chase itself. I mean, it was pretty good, but I think he was trying to do like a classic style that might have been less intense than other car chase. I love the first car, the first car accident. How it rewinds and shows the death of everybody in the car. Yeah, that, that was like that's great. Like whoa, you see like one person fly to the windshield, back. Like the other person, just like whatever, like that was super cool. I, I, I like that. I mean, it was silly fun, you know. I don't yeah, know which I mean was the yeah. the, the promise the of Grindhouse. Yeah, yeah. Right, also, I, I, I still I still say they screened in the wrong order. Like mm. I think I think it go, De- Death Proof Planet Terror because so typically though like the the schlockier you one say is that the second one. You were drinking, <laughs> which I believe is part of the double feature experience, sir. But I'm just saying, I mean, like, it's a drive-in. What do you want? No, but also, but like typically, even when I've gone to the double features of the drive-ins, it's usually like there's like the 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 money, the marquee movie mm-hmm. is first, and the like schlocky filler is second. Yeah. And like Death Proof is the marquee movie, and Planet Terror is the schlocky filler that if you're sticking around at the drive-in, you you get to watch. Like that was yeah. just from the tone. I was like, oh yeah, Death Proof is the film. Planet mm-hmm. Terror is just <laughs> balls to the walls insanity. <laughs> So, that was my thoughts. Uh, what else? What else is happening? RLCS, not RLCS. LCS, League, whatever. 
Is league. it over? I don't know. Yeah, it is over. And the expected team won, although the like exciting challenger upstarts. Did you hear any of this? Did I talk about this? I mean, you mentioned you, you said it was like the spring spring finals or whatever. Spring where, finals, uh, yeah. So the um, the the finals ended up being between this upstart team that um, kind of wasn't predicted to go very far, and then they just had like a miracle run, beating everybody one after the other after the other through the losers bracket, mm-hmm. and then and then there was honestly no way in hell they were gonna gonna win against the like <clears throat> the number one top dogs. It was like the story but, of the Habs a couple years ago. Yeah. When they went on a crazy, like, crazy miracle run, getting out of the Canadian division, like, eliminating the Vegas Golden Knights, and then you're sort of like, oh, no, now they have to play the Tampa Bay Lightning for the Stanley Cup. And that's just demolished. (laughs) Like, even though the Habs run the miracle run, you're eventually going to run into the best team in the world. The the crazy thing, though, is just after that happens, like, one or two of the major organizations announce that they're being sold. Mm -hmm. Madison Square Gardens announces that it's pulling out of its partnership with CLG, and CLG is basically getting disappeared Mm -hmm. there's like all of these different orgs are crashing and there's these um journalist guys who are kind of on the outsides of the esports community Mm -hmm. they um they like run their own you know they 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 like report in ways that are sometimes unfriendly to sponsors right so they get kind of ousted from um the main reporting avenues i guess so they don't really get interviews with anybody serious but they comment on the state of the industry from a position that's like experienced and knowing the behind the scenes stuff hopefully impartial (laughs) yeah i mean they they have their own like bitterness towards the industry because they kind of each been fucked over in their own ways these these three guys that they call themselves the four horsemen of the apocalypse and then they they only meet the lone gunman was right there for three guys there's well there's three of them and then they invite a fourth guy to do a podcast and they only do a four horsemen show when there's like an industry event that is of of like necessitates analysis of their like whatever so they did one about what's going on and what they're basically saying is that um in like 10 years ago there was huge hubbub about um about esports and league and all Mm -hmm. this it was like up 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 the um i mentioned madison square gardens before because they kind of partnered with one of the teams Mm -hmm. based on they had like one of the owners of madison square gardens was like in msg when they sold out the League of Legends championship that they did there, yeah. which they sold out in three minutes or something. It was like yeah. outrageous, right? So then a bunch of venture capital guys heard that this happened. They go like, oh, okay. You know, like you you, you do that big chart on the whiteboard, you know, that's like dollars spent Ex- in the film industry. Growth. Yeah. <laughs> dollars in the film industry, dollars in the video game industry, right? You put them, chunk, chunk, you, you compare them and you're like, oh, video games are so much b- bigger. And then by implication, the sport that would be based upon these things would be bigger. But then... By implication, also you invest in these teams that I'm that are in my league, and that's like as big as the the video game thing. But mm-hmm. it like isn't really totally true because video games lose interest way faster than sports do, and you, you kind of got to pop on to the next game. Yeah, pretty I think, quick. I mean, I think a the little. other thing, the other thing too, where like <clears throat> where esports will have a hard time, I think, ever cracking the like the code of of watchable sports is the like the level of knowledge to understand what you're watching for like, sure like even sure. like i said like they they have like they talk about that a lot with even like Fortnite and whatever else it's like a lot of the first person shooters are the biggest games in the world but fps to watch is difficult <laughs> you know like they, they don't have that like uh there's no way to kind of like watch the whole field or whatever else it's like you have to know the map know the characters know where your spots are so you're you can't just be like Hey, watch watch this CS:GO match. League is a lot like that too. I can I, oh, I understand sure. the principle of league. Yeah. I don't know the 
powers and skill sets of how many champs are there now? Like, it's 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 like a hundred and fifty. Yeah. And then and then uh, like that alone is not even close to enough to understand what's going on in a game. Like you got to understand builds and you got to understand you know. Yeah. There's like a meta game going on around when a, a champion is strong. Like some are strong early, some are strong late, some are strong in combination with other ones. And and like when you get it, man, it's so fucking cool to see like you know somebody drafts a really good champ, somebody figures out how to counter him, and they mm-hmm. save the counter for like the fucking finals match in the whatever where they bust out this weird champion that they all of a sudden know, and it combos with this other one. It's like yeah, like I said, I, I can imagine amazing. it's super, super, super compelling. But that like anyway, that, anyway, that, 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 ent- that knowledge entry point, like you can you can explain yeah, by it's been said a hundred times, hockey. and you're a million times right. Nobody's ever going to understand it because like, I think that's why like like of all of them like rocket league doesn't have the player base but it still does okay on like esports because it looks okay yeah yeah, yeah. ball go yeah. in net <laughs> ball so, goes in net car flies around you're like oh, okay so within the last couple of years all of these venture capitalist guys with the economy being in the shitter after 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 uh covid they're all realizing which which makes very little sense because of any event that could yeah, have been still fine. Be doing esports in the thing well, right, like hockey got shut down, basketball got shut down, football. You can't have the guys slamming their heads next to each other when they're just spitting COVID on each other. Well, there was a huge bump from COVID, right? Yeah, for like, sure. I remember, like and I then, remember, Rocket League did brilliant marketing. Rocket League yeah. did a March Madness bracket, like just like because everything everything shut down. COVID started March. March Madness was canceled, and Rocket League was like, "Listen up!" Like it's basically like every pro. Made a monster bracket of what is it, sixty-four teams? Like they do that's basketball. Yeah, exactly. Like every pro, it was all like random shuffled up drafts of like three on three, and it was they made sixty-four teams and played a huge bracket like what they do in basketball. <laughs> and they're like, here you go, mm-hmm. it's Rocket League March Madness because you know we're all sitting at home anyway. <laughs> and yeah, real you, March Madness. Thought I was done. Wasn't done. Oh, so, the, so, so they keep the 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 huge boost that came during covid to mm-hmm. all of these esports collapsed afterwards people started going out again nobody was doing whatever and then the final nail in the coffin to the whole esports industry all of this happening at the same time was all these reports coming out that like esports fans basically don't fucking buy merch they mm-hmm. just they watch the game for free maybe they get a couple of ads thrown at them while they're watching the game but they don't stick around for the commentary afterwards they don't go to like the team website in the and they don't buy jerseys they don't buy like you know whatever, so- none of that does league put team merch in the game? Well, so that's that's another enormous complaint from the teams. There is in-game merch. They make spe- like custom skins based on uh, every team that wins the world, the okay. final world. Every they all get to pick a champ that they played in that season, and then then that champ gets a custom skin. But the fucking teams don't get a cut of that money. Oh, that's and, and, Rocket Rocket League does that. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. all goes to them. Like you can, and you can buy, like you can even just you can buy like for cheap. You can buy a little flag of your favorite team for your car. For more, you can buy like the custom skins that like the champs, like the yeah, real yeah, winners. Yeah, yeah, like, And there's a partnership with the with the teams, and it's yeah. important that the teams benefit in this way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, league they do not get that. What we have all forgotten was that Riot was bought by Tencent years ago, mm-hmm. and they run this like the squeeze, 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 That's squeeze. Nice. Nobody ever gets any money. So. Like the the whole sport is kind of collapsing, and at the end of the, this like three hour podcast, these four guys—it's the three of them who are the journalists, and one guy who was the owner of one of the teams mm-hmm. at, at, during this during this journey. Yeah, yeah. At the end of it, they're saying probably all of esports is going to collapse. Every team is going to go bankrupt, and you're going to get left with much smaller like 
there there'll still be leagues, you know, but, but it's going to be is the teeny tiny. Is the the Asian market not large enough to just basically carry it or that's that's a weird part of it is that the Asian markets are doing really really well and their their viewership has gone up. It's just mm-hmm. that like the North American LCS has been grossly mismanaged. Mm. They they have all these stories. Oh my god, the fucking abuses that they put on some of their some of the kids who go to play them. Think about it like a little like you know young young people with stars in their eyes going to Hollywood and getting taken advantage of. Yeah. Imagine the similar world. Like you don't think there are vampires out there who'll find a way to take advantage of kids who want just want to play video games for a little bit of money. But my God, the the stories are fucking horrible. How bad? Yeah. Even even well, like Double Lift. Did you guys ever hear of Double Lift? No. That name ring any bells? He's he's one of like the North American stars who who for a very very long time was like a big media sensation. He he media sensation. He's also like one of the best AD carries in in North America. Mm-hmm. His fucking I think the story is his brother killed his mother. He was on mm-hmm. some kind of psychosis fucking – it's like a horrible story. And Double Lift just like – that was Thursday and Friday. He's just like, yeah, I guess I have to play finals and just like goes and goes and plays. And the team like, you know, I don't know. There, there's yeah, yeah. That's, that's there's crazy, crazy stories. Anyway, all of that to say, who knows what esports is going to be. And I'm bummed because this season, honestly, I was – the games were great. The, this, the, the like – the storylines kind of, you know, who is this team? I like, I genuinely was curious to see if this particular mix of players was going to work against this mix of players. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're like the teams that went on the miracle runs, those golden guardians guys, you're like, you'll love to root for them. It's sticks a from all those years ago. I remember him. He used to play back in, in 2012. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever. All those years ago. Yeah. But John, yeah, but that, well, yeah, how, was, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> how long until these owners, the team owners, yeah, stop relying on a company like Tencent to make. See, but the they have to because there's 200 million people playing that game a month. Well, right, yeah, that, right. that's what if what if you do it the other way around? What do you like, mean? What if what if you get the whatever 20 teams that are really good at this video game and make a game that is owned by the league and not by the video game manufacturer? I mean, like every other sports team owner doesn't have to pay the guy who invented football <laughs> money to, to run the NFL. Yeah, <clears throat> and I mean, you're right. If you're worried about merch and and you know maximizing your your profitability, paying every people to play a game that merch. sells. Yeah, then the game <laughs> becomes the merch, and not this someone is... else's merch. This is something that they talk about in the show. They're saying that that like it's it's just colossally short sighted by Tencent to be as abusive as they are. You know, there's yeah. like a certain there's a squeeze you can put on your player base, there's a squeeze you can put on your essentially your employees, even though they're not your employees, but like the advertisers. But, like, but I, I wonder I wonder though, I also but I, I think that with a two hundred million person player base the money from the sport I don't think is even their concern. It's like such I'm sure such a small portion you know what I mean? Like the esport money from League, I'm sure has to, it, compared to what their monthly income is from just players, that's probably no, 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 why they no, no, don't no, care. No, no, no. The Venn diagram of the players who actually spend money on the game and who are invested enough to actually watch the game, the the like the pro scene, the, is, is there's much closer overlap there. So like if you're like the casual who plays once a month and then doesn't doesn't ever buy skins, they kind of like okay, whatever. Hmm. Yeah. But like, how long is it before the League makes the game? Rather than the game creates a league, 
that's the thing is like it it's crazy that they they aren't more generous with the scene because the more you have horror stories about player abuses the more that you have these like dysfunctional teams that are totally garbage or like are incentivized to lose for whatever reason like all of that nonsense just makes it makes it like poisons kind of your your super committed people and gives Mm -hmm. them an excuse to go and go and play Fortnite or go and like but also haven't they tried this like i don't remember was it apex or whatever like one of the one of the games was like developed with the community and like the player base in mind and it like just didn't go like it's hard to make like you can set all the best players of a first person shooter around and be like okay make the next big thing and you're going to be all in as investors it doesn't mean it's going to be the game that everybody wants to play right like that's the thing league is at the end of the day fucking awesome and there's so much room to like play the the, the, you like you pick a champ but like to play it in your style Mm -hmm. and there, you have to know and have so much in your head and observe the map so closely and you got to understand timings and, and the, the more you can do all that stuff well there's the the room to be good is so fucking high mm-hmm. like it's just outrageous when you see somebody who knows what they're doing and then you play that champ yourself and like the abilities that they have is like these three little teeny tiny dashes and you see some other asshole do it and it's fucking it's like a like a is like an art or it's like a figure skater running yeah, around it. It's, it's it's rough. Yeah. I feel the, yep. getting the the magic in is you need to like I said you need to develop league, and then but with it's got to be in somebody's good hands. You know, yeah. like, a, like a good steward who's going to actually keep the sport good. That's the other thing that I find at the end. Something that keeps me coming back is I is I feel like it's fair in a way. I just I, I'm always curious about pro sports. Every time you hear about game fixing or you see like bad ref calls or or thing you know people diving, none of that stuff can yeah, exist it's not possible. Yeah. It's like ping pong. Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.